Hey there, this is Brittany with She's Dressed for the Narrow Gate. Trying something different. I'm actually posting on YouTube now. So I am scanning over to look at both a microphone and a video. So it's exciting to step out of my comfort zone of being seen. I think I'm I'm always more of that behind the scene type person. So it's exciting to, to just to just be obedient to whatever God is calling you to do, but yet it is also scary at, at the same time. So uh what we're gonna talk about, ladies, is actually for the next weeks ahead is is the fruits of the spirit. So for each week I'm going to talk about a character that the Holy Spirit has implanted in us when we became saved. So our salvation is secure in Christ. And once we are saved and Christ is the Lord of our life and, and, and he is our hope, then the Holy Spirit steps in and implants um, himself into us. So he is our help. He is our empowerment. He is our advocate. He is our intercessor. He is everything that we need. So we literally have God inside of us once we are saved. So we have these little seedlings, these little seeds. If you think of being a farmer and going outside and, and you want to grow apples. So you're not going to just all of a sudden walk outside and see a beautiful apple tree like ta-da, apple tree. No, it's a seed. You got to water it. It's, it needs sunlight. It needs love. It needs time. It needs attention. So that's what we have in the Holy Spirit. And, and we're going to talk about each of those characteristics. So this week we're talking about faithfulness. It is one that challenges me across all, all areas. So working out my attitude, um, not complaining really as a parent, as a wife, I mean, you name it at work, just being faithful, like who would not want somebody to be faithful, right? I mean, that is like, that's one of those, uh, to me, fruits of the spirit. I always would first go to like peace and joy and kindness. Faithfulness is one of those that just is like, uh, like that just, I love that. Like there's just such a grounded character trait to be a faithful person. And we ladies want to be faithful to whatever God has called us to. So to be faithful daughters, knowing that we are loved and intended for. He is our shepherd. He is our father who loves and sees us. We are fully known and fully loved. And he wants to grow us into all that he has called us to be. And, and that will require us to be faithful in the assignment, which means you can't be looking at everybody else's assignment because that's not what he assigned you. He assigned you something different, maybe a little bit of overlap, but it's going to look different. It's going to be your name stamped on that assignment. But the problem sometimes, uh, I want to call it a problem, the difficulty in the problem of, um, of what happens with these assignments that God has given us, what we're made for is as a believers, we're, we're made to go through adversity. <laughs> we on this earth with with sin that has entered in through the garden we will go through adversity 
I don't know what it'll look like for you specifically or what it already is looking like for you. And season to season, that difficulty, that adversity will change. But there's going to be dry seasons. And then there's going to be times where it just feels like, God, where are you? Right? When you're like in the middle. So how can we be faithful and be our best in the middle of what we're called to do? Because it is not always just rosy, you know, just beautiful grass metals. It's, it's, there's, there's difficulty. There's difficulty in relationships. There's difficulty in the, in the mundane. There's difficulty in, in, in finances and health, man, there, there is difficulty surrounded, surrounding us. Even if you're not going through difficulty, I know you can name like five people right now that are, and your heart just breaks for them. Right? So where, where we're going to read in is, is Romans five, starting in verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So look back at verse three, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Also, we glory in our sufferings. I don't know of anybody that says that, like who says so a friend of mine, actually, this, this reminds me that I didn't write this down. This is just ad lib. She, I was, I was taken aback and I, and I had to turn to both this uh, Romans five, as well as James one to figure out, oh my goodness, who does that? My friend was telling me that her friend who I know of her, um, you know, she's acquaintance and I can so see her doing this, that they literally pray for suffering. I mean, it was, it it astounded me to the point where I told my husband, I told a couple of my, my close friends and I was like, that is such a boss prayer, like to pray for suffering. And right here, why, why would you pray for suffering? Why would you like not shy away from that? Right? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character hope. Wow. She's not over here like, you know, just give me the comfort. Just give me the convenience. She's like, bring on whatever it is that is going to sharpen me and to cause me to look more like Christ. I don't even, I mean, what do you even say to that? That's just like, drop the mic, walk away. Like that is, that astounds me. But again, since I do have some idea of, of who she is, um, I can see her literally praying that it's amazing. Um, I personally am not praying for that, (laughs) but to walk through the suffering, I'm reminded of God's love. So I may not be as bold as her in praying for that just yet, but I am praying and saying that, you know what, God, if this be your will, if this is what you have for me, 
then I just need you to be with me. I just need you to hold my hand. So it's not always, yes, it's the suffering. Yes, it's the trial. Yes, it's the unanswered prayer. But to go through it by yourself, you know, and God will also show himself through community. So to to have community in your life is also imperative to go through any type of trial. To to go through in isolation is is near impossible, at least to keep your sanity and do it and to be fruitful in doing it. But when we're talking to ladies about this faithfulness, I think of, I think of Abigail and Abigail, I don't know how much church and Bible, because personally, you know, I, I heard of Abigail, but I didn't really know her story. But Abigail really rings for me has because of my marriage history. My testimony is in an unfaithful marriage is in a in a horrible marriage that we had and God has restored it and God has uh, redeemed it and he is working it out every single day because every season every week it's like little things but it's just it's a constant sanctification within the marriage but nonetheless she rang for me because she was married and and you know back then they didn't get to choose right so Back in Abigail's day, she would have been set up to be married to this guy. And I'm not saying that just because of me, but the Bible calls her husband a fool. And I think to myself, to be married to this man who the Bible has deemed a fool, wow, what she was enduring. And it's not even like like the mess that I was going through. I think of, well, why did I choose? Why did I Why did I not look at the signs of who I was marrying, knowing that God can restore and God can redeem, but I didn't have to go this difficult route. I chose it. I chose to marry somebody. It's not like I was sideswiped and it's just like, oh, I didn't know that Eddie cheats on people, right? I I knew that before and I still thought that somehow marriage was going to change him. Marriage was going to change our whole relationship. He was just going to be a pastor and, and do all these great things as if like, pastors have it all the way right all the time either but somehow in my foolishness don't judge me that's what I believed and it didn't happen and seriously so we're about to celebrate 14 years and none of them were jacked up because I thought that I could control outcome and you can't that is up to only the Holy Spirit. So I had a tough middle, but mine was by choice. I chose to do that. So Abigail was just like, I was just inspired by her because she's, the Bible calls her intelligent and beautiful. And first, her story is in 1 Samuel 25. And the Bible calls her intelligent. She was beautiful. Again, she was married to Nabal and, and he was foolish. He was, he was hot headed. He was, um, he was harsh. He was overbearing. And I think about being married to somebody that must have been such an unhappy woman, uh, unhappy marriage. And yet she could have been this resentful wife or this very like, I'm just done with him wife. And she was faithful to this man so much so that she stood before David. She encountered David. So King David, the David was king at this time and he was coming to to deal with Nabal because, well, and actually he wasn't even king yet. He was, Saul was king, actually. David was in the wilderness at this time. 
and Saul was king. So David hadn't yet been, he had already been appointed. You know, Samuel had appointed him, but he was not yet anointed. So, um, it, his season had not yet come, but he was gearing up for that. But nonetheless, he was good to Nabal's men in the wilderness. He, he the wall, even the, the Bible even noted in first Samuel 25 that, that his people put up a wall to protect his, um, his soldiers put up a wall to protect his sheep shears and, and, and he brought good to these, to these men, not harm. And yet when he needed shelter and food from Nabal, Nabal refused him foolishly. And David went to go attack him and, and to kill his whole household. And Abigail heard, got word of this from a servant that went ahead and, and she got it all, got, you know, created like baskets, food, gift offering, and, um, went to go stop this conflict. And David later says that, wow, like you saved me from my own foolishness, my own hot headedness. And I just think to myself, she could have literally just sat there and let him die because you know what? He's a fool. Um, I can't stand him. I'm out. That'll help me get out this marriage. So I can get married, go be with somebody else, live my best life. And I think about her faithfulness to this unfaithful man. And, and, and God literally protected her. He kept her, he protected her. And here he took Nabal out. King David didn't even have to take him out. God took him out. And I love that Abigail was preserved through all of this. Her obedience preserved her. Her faithfulness preserved her. And God saw her with this wicked man and this wicked, horrible, unfulfilling situation. And God was bringing her to something way better. She just, I mean... I don't know how many, the Bible doesn't know how many years they were married, married. So I have no idea how horrible of a marriage it was, nor for how long, but I think to myself, wow, like I'm sure they had a middle, I'm sure she had a middle in her story, in her marriage timeline. So I'm sure in her middle, she was probably like, oh, I just, I still have to keep dealing with this man. I still have to keep dealing with this marriage and, and, and serving and loving and being a loving wife to him. And that must have been so discouraging, but yet she was she was persevering and and enduring and and through that you see her character of faithfulness. You see her character of obedience, and and I believe that her hope was truly in the Lord, not in her husband. And God was truly her covering, her her protector. So I love, so for me, uh, my faithful person of the Bible, there's others, but is is definitely Abigail, just just hands down. I mean, she was she was she was she was pers- persuasive. She was she was honest. She was humble. She had so many characteristics. I feel, and just out of her persevering and enduring through a difficult situation and you know relationships can be difficult 
of, of all kinds, but I just really feel like the strain of a difficult marriage is, is not for the faint hearted. It's just not having lived in it myself. It is, it is depleting. So her hope, her, her groundedness, I'm, I'm amazed at it. I'm amazed, but then I'm more amazed that, you know what? That is because the Holy Spirit is living in her. That is because of what has been implanted inside of her. So she can be her best, even in a trial, even in a difficult circumstance, an unfulfilling marriage, an unhappy marriage. She can be faithful in that. And she can be obedient in that. And, you know, and and that actually just also just brings up a a point that I I lastly just want to share about just being our best in this middle is that God is not going to allow us ladies to just continue to keep coasting season to season and not be stretched, not becoming all that God is calling us to be. We're going to be stretched in uncomfortable situations. We are going to have to face times and seasons that feel dry and like, God, where are you? And where everybody else around us seems to be just on the up and up and we're, you know, we're not moving up, you know, they're moving on up and we're not. And I think about that's where God can really do his best work within me. Because I don't know about you, but something about that mill just boils and bubbles up the worst parts of myself. That's when you see my complaining. That's when you see my impatience. That's when you see my anger. That's when you see all of the muck that comes out of me. And God needs to deal with that. Like surgeon level, slice it out, take that organ out. We're done with it. And he can't deal with that level of muck when you on a mountaintop and just, you know, and, and we took a trip to Bali. I think about like, I wasn't dealing with the ugly parts of me in Bali. I was in Bali, (laughs) you know, it's beautiful surroundings. Just listening to the, the ocean at night and waking up to the ocean in the morning. Like maybe you just super, super wonderful and over spiritual. I wasn't personally. And And that ugly part of me comes out when I think of seasons in my life that God seems absent, where his answer is no, and it may be a no forever or a delayed no, but it's a no nonetheless for right now. And when I get replies from the Lord and I get led in my spirit to 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Like, that's not one of those just like, yay, it's, it's empowering. I love it. It's actually one of my staples, but with that verse comes that you're accepting God's no, (laughs) that he's like, no, my grace is sufficient. No to that answer. Thank you for asking, but no, it's a no. And, and I'm going to be enough for you. I'm going to stand and I'm going to fill in the gap. So being our best in the middle means that we have someone to stand on that's going to help us be our best. So ladies, as you are thinking of whoever it is, uh, 
within the Bible that stands out for you as someone who is that faithful character? I would love to hear about it. Um, I would love you to message me, to reach out to me um, and share that Bible um, scripture or to share that story about how she has impacted you. Um, is likewise also how you are working on this character of faithfulness. And next week, we're going to talk about peace. But um, I really thank you for joining and listening. And I hope you will like and subscribe.